just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you proudly by NRL Beanies for Brain Cancer. You might be looking at my head going, Kempi, I didn't think you'd get uglier, but you are uglier. It is the, uh, obviously, Beanies for Brain Cancer this week, a huge cause uh, started by the great Mark Hughes, who I have across from me. How you going, brother? Kempi, how are you, mate? I think you look great in the beanie. Thank you. Brings out your best assets. Mate, you're a good liar. You are a good liar. <laughs> well, mate, I have to wear one, so. <laughs> yeah. Mate, what, what is, uh, you know, we see it, what you've obviously achieved with the beanies and the, the fundraising for, I think it's nearly $30 million now yeah. um, for brain cancer. But what's it like the day-to-day f- a week, like this week for you? Yeah, it's, it's massive, mate. Everywhere I look, there's support. Mm. Um, the rugby league community has won. Shows what greatness sport can do like we hear a lot of negatives about you know different things but everyone one cause one direction for a week and it's so powerful you Mm. know the media the coaches players ball boys fans everyone wants to wear a beanie and support what we're doing so it's a really it's a bit of an emotional week yeah it's amazing what's it is it because obviously you've got you're doing something so important but also you're a footy player. So like going back in, like I know you do things with the Knights, but also like getting back in the cauldron of rugby league, do you get that kind of like, that, you know, the, the flashbacks and everything? Yeah, I think people often say, oh, do you miss the game, miss playing? But I feel like I get it. I get a fair bit of it each year, a big dose of it mm. by doing this. Um, I often talk to teams, particularly the Knights, of course, and yep. just just being at grounds and being in the, um, as they're running out and being amongst it. And it's, yeah, it really is a, it's just a special week. Um, mm. A lot of hard work goes into it from my team, um, but it's all very rewarding. Mm. Is it uh, almost, I mean, you might be used to it by now because it's been successful for a few years, but it's almost a pinch yourself moment that you've got all these NRL players that are from a generation that probably weren't even watching footy, yes. wearing your beanie and you're going, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It mm. is. These, you know, these 18 year old blokes are putting on their beanies and, uh, smiling and promoting it for us. And yeah, they wouldn't have a clue, um, my background, but they just want to support the cause. And yep. um, it's just yeah, one of those weeks where from, you know, the CEO, Andrew Abdo, to the ball boys, they're all they're all having a crack for us. Yep. And who was, uh, when you first like come up with the idea, who was kind of like the first NRL player that really kind of got behind it and created this momentum? Yeah, before the Beanie for Brain Cancer round, we brought out our first beanies and I'll never forget that uh, JT, Jonathan mm. Thurston, um, he contacted the foundation and said, I really want to help you guys. Um, so he contacted you? Yeah, yeah he wow. made contact. And he said, can I get some beanies? And I, I don't even know if he even said after the game, I'll, I'll um, put them on and I'll, I'll talk. And like magic, he got them. I think he got man of the match. Of course. So, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and um, put the beanies on and we went, wow, that we're on the big stage here. And mm. it was on Foxtel, I think, from memory. And yeah, it just sort of went from there. And then a year or two later, the NRL picked it up. Um, Matt Callender, an executive at nine, mm. had brain cancer and he helped helped us create all this. So yeah. it went from there. But no, nah, never forget what the great JT did. Yeah, well, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's never a coincidence why a player is so beloved by so many people. Like it doesn't just happen to fall into that category of like very rarely do you hear a negative word spoken about JT. And then you hear a story like that, not, not you reaching out to him, him reaching out to you. Like that's bloody amazing. Throwing on top of that, he, uh, he gave us his grand final headgear at one stage. He gave us an, at 
they played at Newcastle and mm. me and the kids were in the sheds after the game. He took his jersey off his back and said, here, that's for you guys. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. Like, incredible. Yeah, so, you know, and that, that's going on around in the NRL. There's lots mm. of great players, amazing guys doing that all the time. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it really is something that you're right. Like, you know, there are, of course, any community has some negative aspects to it and whatever, but there is a lot of good that happens in rugby league. It is, and when you've got a charity, you just get to see the good in people. Mm. You get blown away by what people want to do for you. Yeah. So, but first of all, I mean, as I said, you, we see the beanies and, and almost, it's almost like, not, it hasn't eclipsed because I wouldn't disrespect your career <laughs> like that. But do you know what I mean? Like we yeah. see you as the beanie guy, yeah. the charity guy, but you're a footy player. You're a footy player, mate. Take us back to a young fella. Yeah, so I was born in Curry Curry, which is about 40 minutes from Newcastle. I mm. uh, just love my sport, love cricket, love rugby league. Um, you know, I went through the junior grades at, at the mighty Curry Bulldogs. I uh, wasn't uh, the best player by any means, but sort of stuck with it, mm. loved it, and um, sort of hung in there. Um, couldn't get in the Knights Juniors. Um, got my lucky break at the age of uh, 18, and by the time I was 20, I was walking around the um, stadium, a premiership winner. Unbelievable. Just amazing how – and I've, I've seen how life can change – for the bad, yep, and I've seen it for the best as well. Yeah, yeah, because that was a life-changing moment. Yeah, it's it. You're right. It's it's uh, it's really interesting how you know one day you wake up thinking a certain way, something crazy happens in your life, and it completely changes your whole outlook, good and bad, as yeah. as, as you've experienced. Yep. Um. But okay, so you said that you struggled to make the Knights Juniors. Yeah, just you know what probably physically wasn't there, mm. and there was a lot of great players. Newcastle's a great nursery, and um, <laughs> just wasn't just wasn't there. So uh, I had to go through the struggles, and um, I think like anything in life, mate, if, if you got struggles and you keep sticking in with them, you come out the other side eventually, and you're better for it. Mm. And I had those struggles as a young footballer where I wasn't making the rep sides or being the star, so I had to work pretty hard for it. Yeah. So I think I look back on that, and I was pretty grateful that I I got to be a normal kid, play for my Curry Curry Bulldogs and mm. then get my start. So how did you get picked up? Was it just local league footy and you got scouted by the Knights? Or? Yep, so I played in a grand final at 18 for Curry Bulldogs in our first grade grand yep. final. And then from there, uh, trial under 19s. Yep. Uh, so I was 19, had a, had a year there. Um, and then the second year was um, I got asked to trial for reserve grade in 1997. Yep. That's when... So that's how it started. Yeah, wow. So basically, you get the trial for 19s. Excel in 19s at this stage? No, I just had a good solid year. Okay. Yeah, yeah solid year for that. Yeah. Finding my way. Yeah. And, so, and fullback or winger? Uh, bit of, a bit of centre, a bit, a bit of fullback, you know, mixing around. That's yeah, how okay. I sort of spent a lot of my career. And so, so basically, you just put yourself in a position where you were almost eligible for the trial in regards to reserve grade. Yeah. And so rocking up to the reserve grade trial... I'd assume there would have been some ex-first graders there and, yeah. you know, it's, this is when reserve grade was yes, tough. it was. So, yeah, we had a lot of ex um, – you had senior people still in reserve grade. Mm. and So I was fighting with all them to try and get a trial mm. so and get a start in reserve grade in 97 and I managed to get one. Um, I signed the lucrative contract in the, like, in this – Demountable at training for five thousand dollars. Five thousand, yeah, that's huge. I was some, four thousand. Some people said I was overpaid, <laughs> um, and so yeah, that was me. I was up and running um, on a, on my contract for nineteen ninety seven, and then midway through the year, I was starting. Back then, you'd play, mm. and then you'd sit on the bench, one of six or eight blokes. Yeah, 
nursing bruises and bumps, yeah. wondering if you're going to get on to play first grade, you yep. know? And I would start to get a few little goes off the bench. Wow. So do you remember the first time they said, Oi, Mark, can you just kid up? You might be, we just might need you for first grade. Do you remember the first? first yeah, grade? I remember the first time I went on was up at Gold Coast um, against the mighty Gold Coast Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them back. <laughs> so uh, a rainy night, they, they skipped to an 18 nil lead. I'm shivering and cold and sore from my game before. And uh, I think Robbie O'Davis went off, injured. On I go, um, played 60 minutes. And that probably was a bit of a life-changing moment. I scored a try, had a good game. Yep. And I was sort of in the mix. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you, what do you remember? Do you remember anything specifically from the game? Like a, I know it's, you know, when people ask me about my career, it's like a lot of it is a blur, but there are like these little moments that stand out. Do you remember yeah. anything? I think um, managing to score a try was a nice moment. Yeah. So that was probably my main memory. Do you tell it 90 metre try? 90 metre try? Uh, yeah, meter? it gets bigger. My tries <laughs> do get a lot bigger. And I think it's... Um, I tell people that I've got from my brain surgery that there's only one side effect I've got and the doctors can't explain it. But for some reason, I can't remember any drop balls or missed <laughs> So it's a real serious problem. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. But the tries and that, they're, they're, they're in the front of my mind. Clear. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you have your first game. What's it like when you run out and then, you know, you're amongst the first graders now and you know not just any first graders this is when the knights oh, were man the knights i was amongst paul harrigan yeah you know tony butterfield this guy was a war horse mm. the club started in 88 these boys had been there and they 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 built the well for us you know yeah. so to play with guys like that um andrew and maddie they were they were you know early 20s really starting to mm. uh, have this amazing reputation mm. you know um, Adam Muir, a great back row. I, I can keep naming them. Mm. You know, we just had a lot of great players across the park. So I was just living a dream that, you know, probably didn't think was possible. I did believe that I'd hopefully get there. And mm. um, f now here I was amongst these boys. Yeah. It's, uh, what was the, was it, were you already training with first grade or were you training with reserve grade just getting caught up on the bench after a game? Pretty much uh, back then you train uh, reserve grade, but sometimes on like in off season, mm. you'd all train as a club together yep. or you'd do a pose mm. against each other. So yeah, you're sort of in the mix, but I wasn't, wasn't at a point where I was having these big chats with all the first grade boys, you know, back was, in those days, you know nah. you're just, you're just sitting back and watching what they're observing, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and just trying to find your way in there. Mate, I mean, even even when I was coming through, so 2006, oh, 2005, 2006, I can only imagine, like, you, you weren't allowed to talk pretty much as a young fella. Like, yeah. it was like, shut your mouth, get us coffees and get mm. us water. I can only imagine what it was like when yes, you were coming through. 10, 15 years earlier. So. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, incredible times. It's so exciting, as you, isn't it? Like, you're, you're getting into grade. Pe mm. people, are, people are appreciating what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you're on the television. It was pretty exciting times. And so that you, you get your 60 minutes and you go on, how good's this? You know, first grade rugby league. There's Joey, there's Maddie, there's Butterfield. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But then it's momentum starts to pick up for you guys heading into a finals. Is there any, so obviously we all remember the grand final, but is there any games before the grand final that you remember that, you know, was close or big moments that happened in? I think the Balmain game, uh, last home game of the year, sunny Sunday afternoon, and a couple of the Balmain forwards made a, a few comments in the media prior to the game that stirred up a few of our boys. Yep. So uh, we were um, – so that was a similar spot to us. They might have been going for fifth spot or sixth spot. I can't remember. But And our boys come out and our forwards were just 
animals. You know, yeah. they just went at it. And we won 30-odd four. It was a great win, but it was good good momentum going into the semifinals. Big game against Balmain. Um, you, you obviously, you make the grand final, but when the, the prelim to make the grand final, when the siren goes and you're this young fella, did you play, play in the prelim game? Yeah. Because yep. you played uh, 17 games that year? Uh, I think. I think it was about my 12th game, 12th or so, game. give or take, I okay. think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was I was wearing the five jersey but playing centre all the semis in grand final. Mm. So, yeah, we played North Sydney. Yep. It was a very close game. Mm. And um, right towards the end, Matt Sears, who was a very quick fullback, made this 70 or 80 metre run. Darren Albert come from the opposite wing and chopped him just as he was about to score. And that was a huge play for us. Yeah, and um, yeah. that got us through. And North Sydney would – because they never got a – Premiership, yep. the Bears. So they'd probably that would be hurting them that one, and then they went all very close. Very, they went very, very close. close, but we got the got the job done. And um, Newcastle uh, celebrated. Um, the week leading into that was it was off its head. Yeah, yeah. Wow, because like you're at the peak of your powers. Newy, this would have been first premiership. Yeah, we'd been in since '88. Yep. So I did a pretty good job. Ten years to get there. '97. Um, so it was it was special and um yeah there was celebrations and um you know it was such a great lead up to the game we had fun um malcolm Reilly was our coach mm. really hard englishman yeah uh legend of a bloke um he's a really good uh, mentor for us and mm. you know you got andrew and maddie calling the shots and some ferocious forwards and some really young outside backs that mm. um held on so you get to the game is it is it nerves as a young fella? Is it what, what's the feeling for you? Are you just happy to be there? Yeah, I look back thinking, how was I so calm in yeah. that situation? <laughs> like, we 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 had the cassette tape with our um, songs on it, and we were playing songs on the bus. We had music playing in the sheds. It was mm. a real, real good atmosphere, real fun environment. Mm. And um, I look back now, going, wow, that was that was a tough, amazing time, and but it was fun, and I think it showed that we were having fun. Yeah, and um. Yeah, so it sort of took us 79 minutes, but we got there. Yeah. So you're in the game. Was there any point where you thought, we've lost this one? No, it was funny. I think um, I think we just were hanging on and there was this inner belief that yeah. this was our time. And yeah. just the support, the red and blue, you just had to look around the stadium. It was all red and blue. And yeah. there was just this deep inner thought that it was just going to happen. Yeah, wow. A pretty surreal moment in the end. Isn't it? Isn't it strange that like every – team that wins a grand final says the same thing like we just knew yeah we just knew but you don't know what it is it's this like intangible thing when you're in a side that you know can potentially win a grand final you always just say i don't know there was a vibe that year you could have the exact same roster the next year yeah and it just the vibe isn't there for some yeah. reason no it's um you need everything to be working at the right time mm. you need i would say 90 uh, percent of your team fit and yeah. healthy yeah um and if you can go that, that all aligns, you can you can hold up silverware. Yeah, yeah. I think I think as well. It's it's trying to find a balance between you know. I, I do think sometimes teams of today's generation, obviously you have to be serious. Obviously you have to be a professional. Like the game has become way too fast, strong, all that kind of stuff to not be that. But I do think that the bond when you have fun together is a missing ingredient in a lot of sides. And the old school sides had that? Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, we'd have, like, we'd play on a Friday night and we'd have days at the races or we'd have dress-up days and, yeah. you know, lawn bowls and 
so many good things. Mm. And yeah, the science, the sports scientists of today would probably put a cross on it, but yeah. I wouldn't swap it for the camaraderie and mateship. And mm. so when you're in that trenches and when you've really got to dig deep and you need to find that little inner inside of you, I feel like you get that from that camaraderie and that closeness you yeah. get by being around each other all the time absolutely you can't like you can get all the science you want in the world you can't train a, a connection with your brothers beside you um you know you can do all the fitness sessions in the world you can go whatever but getting on the beers honestly is yeah. literally the best way to get to know each other there's <laughs> it, no better way yeah um i even think sometimes when we'd had a run of losses now and again we'd go and have a night out on yeah, a Tuesday night. Yeah. Have a, you know, that's, that's the way to get back on track, <laughs> yeah. you know? Wouldn't be caught dead a team now these days. No way they'd no. have a Tuesday night beer. <laughs> um, okay, so we get to the grand final. Before we get to, the, obviously, the big moment with Joey that was just etched in history, so incredible. What about for you personally? Was there any moments for you in that grand final that you remember fondly? Uh, I think probably just my involvement <laughs> in the last few minutes. Mm. Um I remember about eight minutes to go, I sort of rushed up and I, I made a bit of a tackle and forced an error on, um, I think, Nick Kosef and then we got the ball. So that was a good moment for me. And then right at the end, Matt Johns went for the one point. Mm. It come rolling out to me. I, I, I grabbed it. I passed it to Darren Albert. He gets tackled. There's, there's 30 seconds to go. The game's drawn. Joey, I was about to get a dummy half. He rush it, He r- brushes me out. And I go onto the blind, right onto the sideline. Yep. And Maddie's here on the open calling uh, for the one point. Yep. And Joey's in the dummy up, didn't know what to do. He was rattled. Yep. I've made the call. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've made the call. Yeah. Exclusive for <laughs> Exclusive. you. Exclusive. Yeah. Um, so, Joey, it's on down the short side. And he looks, listens to me for the first time <laughs> in his, his life. life. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. laughs. Down he comes. Mm. Then he starts showing me the ball. And I'm just begging for the pigskin. <laughs> do you think he'd pass it to me? Dummies to me. Yep. Inside to the the flying Darren Albert. Yep. He was only probably the fastest player to ever play rugby league. Why would you give him the ball? Uh, and Albie flies around under the post on full time. Yep. I'm on the corner post, inconsolable. <laughs> Never recovered from it. You've been robbed. That was my time. <laughs> you were robbed. Yeah, so what a what a moment to be involved in. Yeah. And um just the euphoria mm. out of that. Yeah. The celebrations. Mm. They were lining the streets coming home from Sydney. The, oh, the wow. workers' club was just chaotic. Um, it was like we were rock stars for, for a night or two. Yeah. yeah, it was special. Wow. And, and uh, again, like, you know, you're just a, a young fella from the area. Yeah. To think that you got to be part of that moment. Well, I wasn't even really a, considered myself a regular first grader at that time. You know, yeah. I was just finding my feet. I had a couple of injuries, to be fair, that probably helped get me in. <laughs> Yep. At the right time. So, yeah, I just, I guess if I'd never achieved nothing else in my life after that day, yeah, I still would have been happy with yeah. my footy career, you know. Sure. So, so I was up and running. Um, a premiership winner, life had changed. Yeah. I moved down from Curry to Newcastle and got ready for, because I, I was working as an apprentice um, leading into that. So I quit the job, <laughs> of pro footballer, yep. look out, I'm going to bulk up. That didn't happen. Um, and, um, yeah, just live a, live a rugby league life. Wow, yeah. that, that's living. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, what an incredible moment. Okay, so, you know, you, they score the try and the celebrations are just – but what are the real cel- – I mean, we saw the celebrations, but what was the real celebrations <laughs> like? Yeah, they were, they were just – that was memorable. Every pub wanted us. Everyone wanted to drink with us. We wanted to drink with them. Mm. 
it was just a, an, a, an amazing week. Um, yeah, just the boys, you know, having fun. Look, um, there's a story which I'll tell. It's about Wednesday, Thursday night. We're at a, a 24-hour joint. It's, it's a karaoke. <laughs> karaoke place and um paul the chief harrigan our warrior yeah our leader the best man ever you know so he's um he's on a um stool in front of the toilets and he's for, he's having a bit of a re- bit of a nap yeah just a power yeah, nap. a bit of a power nap yep. and um people can't get in the toilets and there's some big ugly looking dudes there and then you know they couldn't get in so i've i've taken stock so i've went over there's only me and the chief left there that night I've grabbed him um, and I've, I've managed to get him up. And I, people say, what, I'd say to people, think of the Winfield Cup. That's what it looked like. <laughs> All right? So I've got him. And then as I lift him, the whole pub is one stands and they applaud their spiritual leader. <laughs> no. And they're clapping the chief. They're clapping the chief. And we're walking out and I lose balance as we get out the door and we're falling. So somehow, amazingly, Pivoted chief to take the blow, but, <laughs> but don't tell him that. And um, packed him in a taxi yep. and um, got him home safe. But um, and then I think from that moment, Husey yep. suddenly become boozy. Okay. So that was a name that I think Troy Fletcher, my teammate, gave me, and that was a name that uh, I had to live. I've lived with. Yep. Um, not my proudest moment, but Mate. anyway, it's it's acceptance. It's a lofty a title. It's yeah, a lofty it's, title to live up to in a footy team. I gave it my best shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, then I went from booze or boozy, and that's that that's what stuck, and that's that's what I went my footy career with. Wow, the great Paul Harrigan, just pound up. He was he was about to yeah, and, about to wake straight back up before you lifted. Well, I think he's been paying me back ever since <laughs> because he's an ambassador for my foundation and just does so much. So maybe he's grateful for that night. Yeah. He just doesn't know that you used him as a, a safety bag. He just can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Again, mm. like the, the little memories that, yeah. that, that you get to create after such an incredible achievement. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, you win that um, 97 grand final uh, and you get the name Boozy. And then you become a mainstay in, in the night side and obviously the 2001 grand final, you get the win. Played in the centre though uh, yep. for the grand final as well. Yes, same. Yep. Um, what's it like? Because you're getting, you're a little bit older now, you're you know, 22, 23, around that age, I'd assume. So does the gravity of the grand final hit you a bit harder because you kind of are aware of the gravity now rather than the naivety of being a youngster? Yeah, well, um, it was a bit different because we had the Super League War in 97 too, so it was a split comp. Mm. So your Broncos beat Cronulla yep. same year. So there was always that in the background with some people. So it was this was the full comp. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd been in this team for three or four years. Was I wouldn't I'd nearly say like almost a senior player. Like mm. I I had a lot of input around mm. the place. Um, so yeah, I felt a lot of ownership more so then. Mm. Um, I, it was a big year because I managed to play for the Blues that year as well. Mm. So yeah, I was I I felt really big part of the team mm. for that year and it was just a great year with us um ben kennedy joey steve simpson bedsy mm. tamana matt gids adam Madu- i can keep naming the yeah. team yeah i look back they were red hot favorites para right yeah deservedly so they had a great year i think wasn't it one of the the most it was the points most four? points most points scored ever they were scoring points for fun yeah, yeah. But now I look, I look back at our team and I think, well, we probably should be favourites looking at this, the roster, yeah, you yeah. know, in hindsight. Mm. So, yeah, they had an amazing year, Para. Um, but, um, you know, we got the job done. Mm. 
once again, the, the town lifted us pre and post game. Mm. Uh, we got back to the stadium at 3 a.m. Mm. Because it was the first ever night game. And the stadium, we had 10,000 at the stadium. No way. Grandmas, everyone just, and we're doing laps around the ground. Wow, 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is incredible. So, do, you, do you remember anything specifically from the game at all? I just remember the first half, we, we led 24-0. Yeah. It was just the blitz from our forwards. Mm. Uh, Joey pulling the strings. Um, but I think just the way our forwards played that first half. Yeah. Mate, two premierships. Unbelievable. Um, okay, now, obviously, you got the nickname Boozy in the first. Was this Boozy 2.0? Did you, did you step it up? What, what happened in this time? Um, I, just, I just was consistent okay, on okay. 97. All right. I had plenty of mates, by the way. <laughs> this is not just the Boozy show. I had plenty of mates that enjoyed a cold beer on a hot day. Yeah, I can, I can tell imagine. You. I can imagine. But that's, you know, we were winning. So winners have parties, losers have meetings, right? <laughs> yeah. So we had some good parties. Yeah. Um, we trained extremely hard. Mm. When it was time to go, we'd go. Yeah. But, I, but we'd also celebrate and have good times, mm. you know, together. Yeah. You know, after a game, beers at the pub together, sitting around a jukebox, mm. listening to stories from our old boys or, you know. Yeah. So it was a really, it was a really good culture. Mm. What about uh, your Blues debut? How did you find out about, you know, selection and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I was at a local rugby league game in Newcastle. having some. I just played my 100 first grade game Saturday night mm. against the Dragons. Sunday, I'm at the, with um, a few of the boys mm. at the local league having a few cans. And um, I get this call that you're in the team. And this was out of the blue. So it was, you know, no way. Yeah, it wasn't something. I was living with Danny Badiris at the time. And all the talk was around Bedsy was going to get in. Yeah. It, it turns out he got in the next year yeah, and okay. didn't look back. But his housemate, I snuck in and I was, so I had to get race back to the house, pack me gear, get on, get on a flight from um, Pelican, just 20 minutes away, get down to camp, um, meet these guys for the mm. first time. So um, I'd already had a few in me, under my belt. <laughs> um, and then... And then I um, got into camp and there I was, um, a, a blue. Um, first game was up in Queensland. I yep. just remember that deafening roar. Was that, would that be Lang they, Park yeah, back then? Yeah, it was the last game at Lang Park. No way. Yeah, it was going off. Far out, you've had some incredible moments. So, so then I was full back and then after about four or five minutes, Lottie Dekiri comes charging oh, at me. no. And he's put this big step on. I've missed him, he's yep. scored and I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> Um, but no, mate, it was, uh, it was a, you know, we got beat pretty well in that game, mm. but I, I felt like I held my gloves up the best I could for mm. my first game. Yep. Um, was proud to be in the jersey. Um, very disappointed we lost, but um, got, to, got to go in the second game. Yeah, so you played all three games? That yeah, year? so um, second game in Sydney, we mm. turned the tables and won very easily. Yep. Third game, you the Queenslanders... Can't believe this. They brought Alfie Langer back. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's a bit dodgy. Oh, give right? me a break. So hey? Alfie comes back and um, he comes back and just <laughs> once again up there. We Girdler scores after three, two minutes. Mm. Record. Yep. We're leading 4 0. Here we go. Where's the trophy? <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, they just, and we couldn't stop him. And then Alfie um, had a blinder and we lost the series 2 1. And that's at that point, I. Um, made the gut-wrenching decision to retire from Rep Rugby League. Really? Well, that's what I tell my kids. <laughs> I just wasn't picked again. <laughs> but that's the one for the kids. 
<laughs> Don't tell him. Oh, that's <laughs> great. So, yeah, but I was just proud to play, mate. Yeah. It, was, it was unreal and what an experience. Brad Fittler, mm. Wayne Pierce coach, living a dream. And, yeah, I, you know, would have loved to have turned the tables and win the series, but that's life. Yeah. Um, but, no, what an experience. Do you remember at all, you know, because this is like Darren Lockyer had an incredible yes. series this year at fullback. So you saw like almost prime mm. Lockie fullback. Yeah. Do you remember at all? You oh, know? He just glided yeah. over the field. Mm. You know, I played a lot against Lockie. Yeah. Uh, I really like him as a bloke and admire him. Mm. So, yeah, just just glides over the field, mm. um, fullback or 5'8". So, um, you know, then, they, you know, you guys had Wendell and Lottie in the set in, on the wings, just two really big athletic guys. And yep. Um, Petro and Webby and yeah, just good tough. Tons of might have been in there. Tony Carroll might have been never, yeah, yeah, he's there. And so you know, yeah, um, we had some great players. I was honoured to be playing in, you know, with my boys, and yeah, it just wasn't quite to be. Um, okay, so then after your retirement from Rep Footy, a few years later, uh, you decide to. So 2006, you decide to move to Catalan's Dragons. What was the the catalyst for going? You know what? Done enough in NRL. I want to go. So from when I started, um, I played my first game in first grade to when I played my 100th. At the time, I think it was a record for quickest calendar. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just, like, physically I wasn't that big, but I just, I just was durable. I couldn't get injured. Mm. So it was an amazing run. Mm. And, we're, and we're making the semis and going deep into the semis every year. So I was playing 28 games, yeah, okay. 30 games, mm. 26. So that was a really great start to my career. But... I think sometimes it catches up with us in different ways, injuries. So mm. the last two and a half years of my career at the Knights, I was just, you know, hamstring, yeah. uh, neck problem, you know, leg problem, like all these different problems were coming up. So I, was, I only played six or eight games, I think, one year, 10 games the other year. Mm. And um, it, it was just, I was on a bit of a slide, yep. needed a change up. Mm. Um, so the option for me was to take my uh, wife and young fella, have an experience mm. just to finish my career. Yeah. And um, Catalan Dragons were starting in the comp. Mm. Uh, they gathered Stacey Jones, um, no Sean Rudder, who was an old mate of mine, Alex Chan, who's a really good guy. So, yeah, decided that um, it'd be great life experience because I was always going to live in Newcastle yep. to just go and experience something different. So went to the south of France. Yeah. Um, what a life over there. Far out, eh? Huh? Just a just a different vibe, yeah, eh? Yeah, different vibe. They shut the shops for a couple of hours yeah, for lunch. Yep. They go home and have a rest, and yep, just you know the red wines and the cheese and crackers. And yep. So it's a beautiful uh, life, and it was really nice. Not bad for a bloke with a nickname Boozy. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was convenient. <laughs> um, so yeah, just yeah, really good. Met some good, great people. Met some. Um, French guys, yep. uh, they were good people. I think they liked me. I'm not sure what they were saying to me, but it yeah. um, seemed like they liked me. Um, so, yeah, it was a nice experience, and, mm. yeah, I was finished footy. How did you – did you play okay footy? Did yeah, I had a good year. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. We we, um, we we won some games. We lost some games. Um, <coughs> bit of a history uh, moment. I scored our first try. For the really? Game, the, in their Dragons. history, yeah. No way. So that was a little – that's a little – What about your moments, bro? Like, <laughs> you, you've had some pretty incredible moments. Like. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I have. I'm blessed. I yeah. Know. You know, yeah. but I will, we'll also talk about another moment that's not yeah, the best. But not the best. you know what? I think in life, when things are going great, don't change. Don't, mm. get, don't get too ahead of yourself. Yeah. Just like when things aren't so great, you know, dig yourself out of those problems. I think I've been pretty good at balancing those things. Yeah. And I think great people do that. Mm. Yeah, it's um, 
Well, yeah, we'll get to it. So you're 36 years old by, uh, in 2013. You're father of um, three and you begin to experience migraines. When you begin to get headaches, you know, as blokes, we're idiots. We go, oh, fuck, she'll be right. I don't want to. And the miso is probably saying to us, go to the doctor. And you're saying, no, you're a footy player. We're, we're tough. We're tough. Did you, did you ever think in a million years that it could be cancer? Nah, wouldn't dream of it. Yeah. I had, had a headache for a day, felt bad, woke up the next morning. I went, did some work, did work for the first hour, then come home because the headache was still there. Then I laid down the rest of the day. My wife said, this is, you need to go check this out. Mm. And I thought, oh, well, this is a migraine. I've never had one, but yep. I can cop that. Went and saw the doctor. He seemed a little bit, I just could see it in his face. Um, sent me straight for a scan and um, all hell broke loose from that point. Yeah, wow. Yeah, life can change, man. Like, I was going to say, you, you, before you walked into the, the scan place, you were one person. Yeah. And then when you walked out, walked out, completely different. Yeah, and everyone around you... It affects everyone around you because you just get told that you've probably got a tumour. It looks like you've got a tumour. You need to get it removed. Mm. Just panic stations for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Is that – obviously it's hard enough dealing with yourself, but is, is it a harder job – not a job, but seeing people you love hurt. Is that harder? Yeah. 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 I think um, I'm grateful that I've, I got it and not someone else in my family. You yeah, know, I'm wow. tough and I'm equipped – to handle these challenges like this. I could only imagine what it'd be like seeing someone around you, you know, with that. So, yeah, I've, I've got it. I've, I've, you know, I was not happy, but I was accepting of it once I got my head around it. And mm. um, I just had to get on with the, the fight back, I guess. And, I mean, when, when the news hits, is it, are you in shock? Are you, yeah. yeah. I was in shock and the local paper ended up saying, mate, we're going to have to write something about this and... It was just surreal. I remember yeah. going and getting the paper. Never would any other time, but I just wanted to see how this looked. Cause yeah. I was just And just to see the headline and going, wow, that's me. This is really happening, you know. Mm. And, um, yeah, so it was a tough time mm. um, and tough for your family. But, you know, I, I did have a bit of soul searching and all that, but not for long. Um, I was um, quickly, like, as a rugby league player, you get injured. You do physio, you do rehab, and you get back on the field, mm. and that—that's the—that's how I looked at it. Yeah, okay. And that, that's how I sort of help what I'm doing. Basically, control what you can control, pretty much. Yeah, control what you can control. Control your thoughts. You know, like you, our thoughts go spiraling out of control. Yeah. You know, and I just—I was thinking about things I shouldn't, mm. so I had to try and focus on positive and strong. Being that, because you become your thoughts in a lot of ways. Yeah. If, just, if I'm always negative, if I was a negative person, kicking stones, walking around saying, buy a beanie, do you think anyone's going to buy it? Yeah, yeah. I ought to be strong, positive, you know, yeah, and that, well. that's the way I, I took it on. Yeah, okay. So so you had to, you needed additional treatment after the surgery as well. Was it, how close was it to touch and go in regards uh, to that? Well, when, when we first had the surgery, then... The doctor sits you down a week later and you've got your fingers and toes crossed. Maybe this is not cancer, maybe it's not. Yeah. And he, he eyeballs you and says, uh, sorry, Mark, you've got high-grade brain cancer. You know, your wife's next to you. There's no cure for brain cancer. It was hectic. Fuck. So I did deliver that news. So spent a couple of weeks stewing on that. I went and saw a doctor who didn't know brain cancer, I think, as well as he should have. And he gave us some scary... It just wasn't the information we wanted. Yep. So we jumped in the car and headed straight to Sydney, mm. found a specialist there, and they, they knew so much more and gave us, clinged on to a bit of hope. And So that's advice I would give people is find 
find the right people. Yeah. When 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 shit is the fan, you need to find have the best people around you. Yeah. Okay. So they gave us some information, some hope, some stuff, and and that that really gave us enough to hold on to to yeah. say let's let's fight this thing. Let's um let's you know get this charity going. Let's find the answers and let's create some hope out there for people. Mm. That's what I find so impressive, mate. Is that you created the charity in 2014, so you didn't mope about for five years to see whether you're sweet or whatever. You were still dealing with the trauma of what has happened to you, and your first thought is to go and try and help others. Yeah, well, my my thoughts were the clock's ticking, mm. you know, for myself. Yeah, and so many hours out. So I've got to get cracking on this. So let's just start and see what happens. And humble beginnings, just had some close mates and family and we did a launch and um, my teammates and different people. And, you know, um, I wore beanies during my, re my, during my treatments for radiation and chemotherapy and just felt beanies and brain cancer had a good ring to it. Yeah. And then we just went from there. What's the, the, the like, you know, we, as blokes, we pretend like, oh, I don't care, I look or I don't care this, but what was it like? dealing with you know the radiation and, and all that kind of stuff yeah i didn't really want to get anyone's road you know i just was happy tucking myself away the only thing i'd do during radiation uh ben kennedy former teammate mm. we'd go down to the oval we'd do uh, 100 meter run throughs then we'd go to the ocean bars and we'd do laps in the um ocean bars that was a really good thing yeah well. um i felt i didn't want to sit around and feel sorry for myself and i just wanted to give myself every chance to get back on the field, you yeah, know. So yeah. that was just that was a good thing that I did. It's uh, it's incredible how much sport can teach you. Yeah, I always like say, like I'm having a kid soon, and I'm, no matter what they'll be doing, so obviously I won't force them. But if I can, like yes. sports basically taught me everything, everything, like everything in life. You know, it, obviously nowhere near the hardship that you've dealt with, but how to deal with hardship. You know, how to work through things that aren't going your way. Um, and it, it's really interesting that you got some of the worst news a person can possibly get and your immediate kind of reaction is to get into that footy process. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, football teaches you so much about teamwork and, and being so part of something and mm. working towards a common goal. And um, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to create my own football club, being yeah. at the Mark Hughes Foundation. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to, um, I wanted to make change and, and make a difference. And... I couldn't have probably banked on the the army of support that was going to get behind us, but mm. I was hopeful that we'd make a bit of a dint in it. Mm. Um, but we've probably made a, a bang. Yeah. Bang. Oh, mate, made a bang. It's been absolutely incredible. So, so uh, Thurston, you know, helps out, gets a bit of momentum, but it's, you know, kind of goes here, and and you, people don't really see the the couple of years before. You know, that it's it's almost like the growth is exponential you hit a certain point and then it just goes boom whereas they don't see you know the the ticking struggles over year yeah, yeah the struggles and that what was the struggle years like for you yeah look the first year we um we bought uh we made the school kids bring their own beanie mm. bring a two dollar coin that was great um and then we decided to design our beanie our, our first ever beanie now i designed that fully myself i take full ownership rights of that one it was a red and blue one yeah sold well in newcastle okay no other bastard wanted to buy it <laughs> so i was stripped stripped of beanie duties yeah, okay so <laughs> the team took over that but we just got clever with our designs but yeah so to be fair um i've been in business and stuff but this charity we just had buy-in from the start yeah we've, and i haven't had an army it was we've been we've run really lean i'm like 100 volunteer mm. We've got these little team 
Uh, we've got the hearts of volunteers everywhere and we're just going on the up and up. Mate, it's absolutely amazing. And nearly $30 million raised. Mm. Okay, so when do you reckon it was the first kind of time where you really sat back and was like, holy shit, like this is, this is a big deal now? Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, the chief went on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And every night we'd gather on the lounge and watch the chief and he's in the jungle and this is just before probably – I reckon the NRL beanie started. So, and uh, one, and I remember one night I'm walking to the lounge. I got my uh, cup of tea. I got my Tim Tams, and as I sit down, Chief's on there, and he goes, "He's got this big, thick, thick, shaky type of drink that he's about to drink." And he goes, "Yeah, I'm doing this for my mate Husey. I'm doing this for the Mark Hughes Foundation." And as he's doing that, I'm dunking my Tim Tam into my cup of tea, <laughs> thinking. I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a good mate, but I just did. Yeah. And then the chief skulls it and it runs down his shirt. And I'm thinking, to have mates like that, how good's that? And that's yeah. I've got lots of mates that have done that for me, and um, that's why I'm sitting here today. Yeah. It, now this, this is a bit of a, I guess, a strange question, but and, and obviously you, I'm sure you would never like wish for this to happen to yourself, but like the positive impact you've had on Australia you know do you look for the positive in you know what i mean yeah. is that sometimes do you turn around and go okay obviously i don't i wish this never happened but i never would have achieved these things that i've been achieving if it didn't to a degree yeah it's it's been an amazing extraordinary journey on the back of the nrl being for brain cancer around really but yeah look i would I, w I think i still would probably have to change my diagnosis if i could yeah, um, obviously it would yeah but i know what you're saying it's it's I've gone through this horrendous failures and struggles and I've popped out the other side and then I've created this foundation and then people have wanted to back it and support it. Mm. And my life at the moment is really great. Mm. You know, I'm surrounded by great people. I just, I make a difference. I help. So that is wonderful. So my, my, my life is better than probably it ever could be. Mm. I've learned a lot. Um, and as, as long as I can stay healthy, you know, I get scans every four months. Yeah. If I can just keep getting the... Go, go, go. Um, I'm living my best life. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I said, mate, the, the impact you've had and, and it's impact that, you know, echoes generations, you know, this is, and a lot of, you know, a lot of men could only dream of that. And as I said, like, you would always change a diagnosis, of yeah. course, but it's incre pretty incredible, pretty incredible what you've done, mate. Yeah, it is. Um, thank you. It's there. It's, it, I have to pinch myself for the support. And over this weekend, I've, I don't know where to look. I don't mm. know who to thank. It's um it's it's amazing but i think the the thing that i've learned a lot about is present the power of presence and i realized like pretty early on i can't look back and and change what's happened mm. and i don't want to look too much forward and, and worry about the future so if i can just make today count mm. um if i can just get up tomorrow and do that again my life's going to be pretty good so i'm yeah. trying to just do that day by day stuff and you know i've got airlocker training which is um group training yep and every one of our um, sites has um, Make Today Count in them. Yeah. And we hope that our members get, get a little bit of that because I yeah. think it's a good way to live your life. Just make it count today and then go again tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, airlocker training. Tell us about that because, uh, you know, I was running my own business. I'm always so interested to see, you know, what was the thought process behind it? You know, what was the point of difference? What's the kind of strategies? Obviously, Shandor, he's, he does some yeah. podcasts with us sometimes. How did that all start? Yeah, so it started four years ago in Newcastle mm. and uh, I was about to go do Mount Kilimanjaro, mm. a trek. Yep. And um, I went and saw Roman, the owner, and um, 
I started training there. I mm. loved it. I loved the community feel. I loved being in the um, altitude environment. Yeah. I loved the challenge mm. that you get each time in a session. So from there, became a partner in the business and um, it sort of ticked all the boxes of, um, am I going to make a difference? Am I going to make people's lives better? Tick. Mm. You know, so uh, it's a great little balance uh, with the charity to, to be able to do that. So yeah, yeah and we're, we're really excited and it's, you know, they're right around Australia now. Yeah. Um, and we're getting better all the time with it. So, yeah, that's another little part of my life that um, I'm very proud of. And for people listening, obviously it's a gym that uh, you can train at altitude and that obviously makes you fitter. Yeah, no masks. Um, the, the air will come in through the ceiling, but you will train at 13 or 14% oxygen in yep. the air rather than 21%. Okay. So your body's going to burn 20 to 30% more cal- in yeah, that wow. time. So you do a bit less to gain more and there's little impact on your body. Uh, You're doing all these (coughs) awesome um, movements in the room. And uh, I just love it because I do it four four to five times a week. makes Mm. me feel good and it's a big part of my life. Now, if I sign up, can I get a guarantee that I will look like Shandorel? Um, You... Two in two, yep. Two years training. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign that up, saying you got Chandor. Um, yeah, no, he, he, he obviously is extremely fit and strong. Um, so we might not get to Chandor's level, mate, but okay. you can, you can look like me. Oh, uh, hey, that's halfway. What there. more could you want? Uh, exactly, <laughs> mate. Um, I also love the, you know, how it ties into an ever-changing kind of world where we've got less time, you know, we're, we're working more. And so if you can burn more calories and get fitter with less time, that's, you know, time is our greatest asset at the moment. Time, that's exactly right. So if, if you've got 40 minutes, why not get one and a half yep. to spend for that time? Mm. And the good thing is because it's pretty low impact on your body, you can train again tomorrow and mm. train again tomorrow. So, yeah. so I think, um, you know, make today count. Get, I get up, I do a training session, I'll do some foundation stuff and my life's really good. Mm. Uh, I've got three kids, lovely, beautiful wife. Um, so I've just got to keep healthy, keep cracking. We're going cra- to create some history with this foundation because, yeah, this is all great. All these fundraising, all these beanies are great. Mm. The real magic is in the labs with our teams because yeah. they've got to produce the magic and they know that the pressure's on mm. to, to make sure we're doing everything we can to get these results so that, you know, there's hope out there for, for people with brain cancer. And so what has there been material progress made since you've, you know, donated obviously yeah. the roughly 20 to 30 yeah. million? So we've got brain cancer care nurses across New South Wales and regional New South Wales doing an amazing job, what they do. So they've been a great thing. Uh, we've got a biobank that stores tumours and brains. We're building a big library there. We've got a research team now that's sort of, at the Mark Hughes Foundation Brain Cancer Centre in Newcastle. Mm. We've got researchers right across Australia. What have we learned? Uh, we're, we're looking at um, blood tests to see if you've got brain cancer, which will be a really good thing. Um, they're, learning, they're learning lots of stuff but, and nothing's a waste of time because you cross it off and say, right, that's not working. Yep. We move on to this bit. Mm. We move on to this bit. But my, the research team told me that we, we, there's, a, there's a, lot to, a lot of work to be done. Like yeah. it's, not, it's not an easy nut to crack. Nothing's yeah. changed in 30 years. Yeah. So we've got to, we've got, we need change. Um, so we've, we've got some really good, good things happening. We had 100 researchers in the one room, mm. uh, all brain cancer researchers in the one room for a day, a week, uh, four weeks ago. I talked about teamwork, collaboration, sharing ideas. So we're building this team. Mm. Um, it's, it's exciting. I, I really, I, you know, just outside looking in, the idea of a blood test, removing that friction and cost of getting the test 
I mean, surely that's going to pick up things way quicker than... Yeah, so that's one thing that we're quite excited about. And there's some great research up in Brisbane going on with that. So we're, yeah, we've got a lot of things bubbling away. We just need them to come up to the surface and um, start, um, you know, clinical trials and getting stuff like that done. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, the brain, it it feels like we think we know so much about the human body, but the brain is still such an unexplored kind of you know, place for us as human. Like we just don't know that much about it, to be honest. Exactly. So, yeah, it's such an important part. And um, yeah. we just, yeah, we don't know enough about it and mm. we've got to learn more about it. We've seen the improvements in uh, breast cancer. We've seen what the world did when they, COVID come and they, we all focused on solving COVID. Yeah. When we, when, we, when we put our mind to something, we can sort the problem out. Yeah. But we haven't put our mind on <clears throat> brain cancer just yet. And yeah. we, need, we need more help. It's... um. It's that kind of double-edged sword of capitalism where if there's no profit, you know, is there a reason to go towards it? Um, and like, for example, COVID, the reason why we were so aggressive at it, obviously it was to save lives, but also because people were losing huge a lot of money. So, yeah. that, you know what I mean? Yes. So if we it can get that urgency around, as you said, the brain, yeah. um, brain cancer, then it probably will get solved in X amount, like... Instead of 20 years, it'd probably be 10 years because yeah. you've got that urgency. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm just positive mind. I'm very confident that, you know, we're going to do something really special. So yeah. with all this support, the funds coming in, the awareness, um, you know, some magic will happen. And also a few years ago, you and uh, Danny Benares, Gidley and the Chief, a few others, went to base camp at Mount Everest. Yes. Yeah, Billy Peden and Chief uh, said that decided many years ago we need to do <coughs> challenges to challenge ourselves but also raise money so you pay your own way and then you 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 fundraise yep. and we raise a lot of money okay. first challenge we did was yep. kokoda in papua new guinea and we we went to one side we rode our mountain bikes 120 k's we walked kokoda and then we rode our bikes another 40 k's uh, there's 18 of us and it's amazing and then we did um yeah base camp uh, we had Matty Johns came. Oh, did Steve he? Steve the Beaver Menzies. Any stories on Matty? I just, I've seen him tomorrow. I want to give it to him. Um, give me, was he sucking, whinging? Give me he, something. He, he created a few headlines when he came back about maybe coughing up some blood. Oh. Maybe ask him about that. <sighs> give me a break. So, but yeah, he was great to have on there. and um, good, for, good for morale. Yeah. <laughs> and we have 20 to 30 just good people. The, yeah. the, uh, the businessmen, the, the miner, the all different community people that come together and do mm. it. And uh, we're off to one this year. Uh, we're going over to Island Peak, which is, it's a kilometre higher than base camp. So it's the highest we've been. Mm. We've got about 20 people coming. Um, and yeah, we're going to walk that and raise a lot of money. So that's going to be a big challenge. Mm. Uh, Bedsy will join me on that one. Billy Peden, uh, hopefully Chief. Um, so yeah, that's our next challenge. Uh, so we're looking for sponsors and that, if anyone ever wants to make contact. But um. Well, how do you get in contact? Yeah, with just like get to the markusefoundation.com.au yep. and yep. just say, yeah, make contact and we'll have a chat. But we're always looking for different partners and, you know, put our logos on shirts and yep. stuff like that. I'll tell you what, if I'm being honest, we've released some beanies and they're fucking shit compared to these ones. <laughs> 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 I've just got to be honest, the bloke beanies aren't as good as the Mark Hughes ones. <laughs> um, okay. uh, do, you, do you watch much footy? At the moment, or yeah, YouTube, yeah, yeah. Watch, watch the footy, mate. What's I enjoy going it. on with the new? Yeah, let's. Oh, come on, come on. Speak That's to a me. tough question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, you're a perfect person to speak to because you know. So many people look back on that era of the Knights of like, that's the glory days. We need to get back to that. Yeah. But what's it like watching the Knights now? Yeah, I think some people 
might get sick of hearing back in 97 or back in 2001. But yeah, that was a good period for us. Mm. So we can't shy away from that. Um, I feel like we take some steps forward mm. and some steps back. And we've lost about four games by two points. Mm. Like if they could have just turned the tables on two or three of them, we're sitting well into the top eight. Yeah. But we're not. And every mm. team's got those stories. Yeah. So, um, look, I feel sorry. Um, they're gr- I went in and saw them the other week. Great bunch of blokes. Mm. Good, you know, they, I just wish they could have some luck. There's some really good players in there. So, yeah, it, it is a tough time. Mm. You know, they, they've got to beat Canterbury on Sunday. Oh, mate. Have to. Yeah. Have to. Um, who's your team to beat this year? Who do you reckon's premiership favourites? Um, <clears throat> I like the, the comp. It's, uh, there's, you know, there's a, I think Panif has sort of dominated a little bit lately. And mm. so it's, I think it's a bit more even now. Yep. So um, I think Penrith will, um, when they get a few of their players back, will be really good towards the back end of the year. Mm. Um, I, think, I think South Sydney got a team that if they can put it together at the right time, they'll be very hard to beat. Um, have I left anyone out? Broncos? Bron- <laughs> <laughs> yes, very impressed with the Broncos. Very impressed with what, you know, Kevy's done there. And mm. I think the Broncos got a great young squad. I love... Uh, Herbie Farnworth and you know them big yeah them blokes um yeah yeah so yeah good young team of footballers I enjoy watching them play what about the blues what's going on there mate speak to me yeah so devastated there for the blues um Freddie's such a great bloke I just he does a lot for charity does a lot for my charity I just does so much good so I just I wish him good and um you know it hasn't been good for him this Mm. this campaign um once again, uh, you've got to just say that Queensland played really well mm. and we've just been off our game yeah. at 5 or 10%, which is enough. Mm. Do you make a few changes or, or, um, or do you just want to do what you can to win this game to save a bit of face? Yeah. Or do you think about the future? I, that's, that's the tough question. It's a tough call, eh? Because, you know, is Freddie going to go around next year? If he is, then, you know, do, you, you probably consider blooding some new yeah. players. If he isn't, you show him, you know, he's an origin legend, show him the respect of picking yeah. a team to win it. So it's uh, so many questions. Um, but, mate, origin, it just gets bigger and bigger each year, yeah, doesn't what it? A sp- yeah, there's nothing better in Australian sport yeah. than the origin. Um, love special. it. Special, yeah. Now, uh, for everyone listening, wh- where can they obviously the Mark Hughes, like markhughes.foundation.com. Yes. Yeah. But also, mm-hmm. like, just for people, a, a real clear picture of when they spend twenty nine ninety five. On a beanie? Twenty-five dollars a beanie. Um, so Where you does can get it go? you get them at Lowe's right across Australia. Yep. Selected IGAs. Um, so yeah, you buy a beanie, it's going directly uh, into our brain cancer research, which is just so important. Um, our our um, our costs, our running costs are ridiculously low. Mm. Um, we're very proud of that. Yeah. As I said, we use so many um, just volunteers and people to help. So know that you're not getting chewed up in fees it's just going into our research mm. you know so that your sister your cousin your your mum if they need help the mark Hughes foundation will be there so it's important work but we do need your help so please if you're in a position buy a beanie because mm. you, you said earlier you don't take a wage no way no yeah. so complete volunteer yeah proud of that i'm i'm doing this to to solve the problem yeah yeah, yeah mate uh, absolutely incredible mate seriously um, it's amazing what you're doing and uh, yeah, each year always try to support it because it's a, it's a bloody good thing you're doing and uh, also not a bad career, mate. Not a bad career at all. 
Yeah, thanks, Kev. Well, it's funny. It's not much, I don't get taught much footy these days. It's uh, it's all about the charity, which is a nice thing. I'm yeah. chuffed about. But, yeah, there was the day where I did have a bit of fun with the footy. Yeah, look, at least people want to talk to you. That's the main <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> Mate, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. And everyone listening, Mark Hughes Foundation, go and support a fantastic cause. Campy, thanks for having me, mate. And congratulations on what you're doing. It's, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you.